What's up, y'all? Welcome back into the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast. Tanner Dimling here with y'all. As always, coming to y'all here on a Tuesday night. Uh, busy day of college lacrosse here on Tuesday. Six games today. One, really, that we're going to dive into. Uh, but I do want to mention some of these other ones as, as well one of which actually still going on as currently uh, as I speak, it is a nine, a 10 to nine Lafayette lead over Drexel. Lafayette ends their second half scoring drought. I believe it was nine to five Lafayette at the end of the half. Uh, if they get the win, it's going to be a big one there for uh, Pat Myers and the Leopards. Uh, but I'll update y'all on that. You know, if that one goes final, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about it. Been watching kind of out of the corner of my eye, but uh, if it doesn't go final by the time I, you know, hit end record on here, uh, then we'll talk maybe about that on Thursday. Uh, the other games that went down today, we had Canisius and Michigan. And this is one, look, it was 11-8 to Michigan at the half. Uh, didn't look like a good game for Michigan in the first half, but uh, they go twelve and two in the in, in the second half of play, uh, twenty three to ten victory. So um, good one there for the Wolverines. Explode in the second half. Joshua Water, congratulations to him, has hit the century mark with uh, one hundred eight career points now. After a 10-point outing, seven goals, three assists on the day. Michael Bain had four goals and four assists, eight points on the day. While Ryan Cohen, another freshman, had, excuse me, Ryan Cohen and Aiden Mulholland, a pair of freshmen, each had hat tricks for the Wolverines. Nick Rowlett going 52% at this uh, faceoff dot. Shane Carr. Getting the starting cage, 13 saves there as well. Colin Kelly, four goals for Canisius. Last two games I want to mention here. Before we get to Duke-Delaware, Chris Brown, seven points in Princeton's win over Binghamton, 22-7. And congratulations to Mr. Michael Sowers making his uh, debut as a play-by-play or color commentator for the Princeton game today. Uh, and look, they get 22 on to 22-22. Number 22 was in the booth. St. Bonaventure, this is the only game that was not uh, streamed today. Uh, edged Bellarmine 13-12. Their first one of the season. Uh, Bellarmine had, from the box score, uh, like two goals in the final like 30 seconds of the game, I guess. Uh, but... Uh, end up the Bonnies getting the win there. Brett Dobson, 19 saves uh, for him in cage. Really, really good goaltending there out of Dobson, as usual. Now, the game that everyone wants to talk about here today. Duke getting past Delaware a Tuesday afternoon top 20 matchup. Duke 
getting the win here and really the the, the story of this one, you know, nineteen to fourteen win. Um, credit to Delaware; they, they did not give up. Uh, they did not give up at all in this one. The Blue Hens didn't, which you wouldn't you wouldn't expect, right? You wouldn't expect Delaware to give up. This is a team that does not do that. Ben DeLuca has a very good squad there. Matt Kilkeely, 11 saves for the Blue Hens. Really a, a big piece of that, um, of Delaware being able to stay in the game for as long as they did. And look, Duke, they got up. It was at the end of the first it's seven to three, and then it's nine to four early in the second. Uh, but the Blue Hens know that in the first half of the three goal run, you know all three of those possessions. I, I believe all three, if, if not at least two of them, were off of big saves from Matt Kilkeely. Kilkeely, you know, mention him again. Like he, he played really good in this one. And when you're not winning the faceoff dot, you have to have a defense. Kilkeely, Owen Grant, those guys, you have to have a defense that is able to supplement or lessen the blow that you're taking at the face-off dot. And that's what Delaware has. Uh, now, ultimately, um, you know, Jake Naso, 77% of the dot, it kind of, you know, it, 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 it's, it's the dam is going to break at some point. And your defense can only do so much. Uh, your goalie can only do so much. Um, and the dam seemed to be broken in, in the fourth quarter um, there, where Duke, you know, they, you know, I mentioned up nine to seven at the half after Delaware gets three goals. Um, and then you look and three goal run to open the fourth. And then you have really that run hold them away was able to get them to pull away. Um, and look, you had Delaware at the end of the third, had two straight goals, a pole goal from Owen Grant being one of them. And then you had the goal, who was that? J.P. Ward, I think it was, getting the goal. Um, and he gets decked afterwards. It was not Ward. It's escaped me who it was. But play, Delaware player gets decked after the play. Um, as he's releasing the ball, and that ends the third. And then Duke just kind of turns it on, steps on the gas, never lets up through the final 15 of the game. They take the victory in this one. I mentioned Jake Naso, 77% of the dot. Mike Adler, 10 saves. However, he was pulled um, in the third quarter. J.P. Ward had four goals for Delaware after his final goal of the game. He's pulled in this one and they put in Andrew Bonafide there. He makes seven saves, uh, three saves, excuse me, in uh, the final about 19, 20 minutes or so for uh, Duke. So, uh, yeah, you do have Mike Adler getting pulled. You know, the guy we need to talk about in this one for Duke is one Sean 
Wally. Starts the game running out of the box as usual. But we get a Joe Robertson uh, injury, if you want to call it that. I, I, you can go back and watch. I think it's the 218 mark, um, or somewhere around there in the first period. He's taking the ball. It's off a restart from behind the cage. He's, he, he plants his right foot to roll back. And, you know, when he does that, um, obviously something didn't feel right. He kind of jumps back on it. He kind of is jumping, hobbling, and throws the ball away uh, to a teammate real quick and then kind of backs out of the play. Uh, Grant Mitchell, ball's eventually up to him, up top. Downhill dodge, he takes a shot. It goes out of bounds. Uh, Ref kind of stops play for a second. Let's Robertson run off the field. Um, and for the rest of the game, uh, they have Sean Rowley back there running things at X. And it, it was fantastic. Rowley has five goals all in the second half. Played a fantastic game. Also had two assists in this one as well. Uh, first assist came, I think, in the second period. Uh, second one came there in, I want to say, the third uh, quarter. So uh, a really, really strong game from Sean Lowy in this one as he helps lead Duke to the victory. And really, the storyline in this game is Sean Lowy and just how well he played. And I think this, you know, in turn also shows you how diverse this Duke offense can be because they were having success. I mean, in the first period of play, they get up pretty big, 7-3. to three, It's a sizable lead. Um, and really, it is Dyson Williams. It's Andrew McAdory making all the plays there. Brendan O'Neill had a couple as well. It's those guys making the plays. You can take those guys not completely out of the equation, but you can change the focus with you know, two, two quarters later. You can change the focus to Sean Lowy at X and say initiate from behind. And this offense is doing the same thing. They're dominating. You can give it to Nakai Montgomery up top and tell him to do the same thing. And it's going to work again. Give it to McAdoy up top. He had, the McAdoy had two assists on the day. A really, really high-level assist as well. I uh, believe both in, the, both in the first half. Uh, but really, just a, a, a game, I think, where we saw Duke have or Duke present itself as a very diverse offense. And when we've seen this year in, uh, you know, game in, game out this season, uh, but, you know, if any, this game really showcased that. Uh, and, and certainly against a good Delaware defense as well. Um, for Delaware, I mean, look, uh, I didn't expect them to win this one, but they played exactly how I expected them to. Um, and what credits to them, they were able to expose those areas where Duke was lacking, and especially in the third quarter. Uh, Duke went, let me pull this up, in the third. It, it, it was not not a good third for them at all, third period. Um, you know, they, they matched Duke 5-5 in the third, um, despite being outshot 13-9. And going three for eight at the face, three for eleven at the face off dot during the third. 
they they matched them five to five. Uh, Duke has five turnovers in that in that third uh, quarter of play, and they go four for six in the clearing game. I know the Sun. Uh, the, the commentators mentioned in on the broadcast the Suns in their eyes. Still, uh, you know that's. I know Mother Nature can can, can impact games, but you, come on, you got to do it. Uh, you got to make the plays when you need to make the plays. And what credit to Delaware, they did that the second quarter and the third quarter. Um, and Delaware, you know, I wouldn't say they won those. They didn't win those periods by by, by any stretch, but uh, they definitely had that momentum, and they were definitely on Duke's heels in those two periods, especially which helped them stay on the heels of Duke uh, throughout this game. And they ultimately, you know, take the loss. But, you know, they're going to go in. They're coming out of this one, going into Monmouth. You got Duke coming out of this one, going into play Penn, which is, I believe, after the game, uh, you, you can find it. Uh, it was Kevin Brown from Inside Lacrosse tweeted that Tanowski had said, no, keeping Joe Robertson out was partially because we got Penn coming up, wanted to be precautious. Uh, so, you know, both these teams have big games coming up, winnable games, I would say, as well. Um, coming out of this really exciting Tuesday night battle. Uh, but Sean Rowley leads Duke to the 19-14 to victory in Durham over the Delaware Blue Hens. Moving on to some of the other games uh, during this midweek slate that are coming up. We have, obviously, the big one tomorrow. Uh, Wednesday at 1 p.m., North Carolina and Brown. And then Army also plays Siena uh, that day. Expect Army to take that one. Uh, UNC and Brown. Look, this is a game for UNC where they've got Brown tomorrow on Wednesday and they've got Johns Hopkins on Sunday. You have two games. Two games against comparable opponents. Well, you can show me, you can show the college across world exactly what you're made of. You get blown out 20-8 to to Ohio State. Now I'm going to sit here and say, I still think Carolina is a top 15, top 10 caliber team. Heck, they might, they might even have championship weekend potential. Because this is college across, and we know these things can happen. They happen every single year. So I'm not going to say this is a bad Carolina team, because they're not. You have Chris Gray for crying out loud. But they've got to fix some things. They've got to fix some things. Brown, I, I, I didn't get, like, I, I watched a little bit of the Quinnipiac game. Uh, it's their first game of the season. I don't want to take too much from that. Uh, but I think this should be a competitive one. I think, if anything, it should be competitive. should be competitive. going to be a good one, okay, between Carolina and Brown. And we know how Brown plays. We know what they did to Virginia and how they beat Virginia uh, back in 2020. They play fast. Uh, Carolina can also play fast. Uh, so for me, looking at the Carolina ride, 
how do they do against Brown as they're trying to play that fastball? They're trying to play that transition game. How can the Carolina ride prohibit that or hinder that here on Wednesday? Also, Carolina, look, Colin Krieg is a good goalie. But this defense, and I know you got some young guys out there. Paul Barton, I think he's done a good job. But against Ohio State, the guys out in front of Krieg weren't necessarily cutting it. The short sticks weren't doing their jobs. Um, This as a whole, and and Krieg didn't have the best day either. Um, For sure. Gave up 20. Take went 44%. But here's the thing. This Carolina defense, like they, 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 they've got to step up. They've got to rebound. And really all around, I want to see, can you rebound? And when you go back and watch that Ohio State game, the Ohio State defense, yes, they're good. They're a really good defense. They're not a top, I wouldn't say they're a top five defense. But they're a top 15 unit. They're a good defense. Ohio State's had good defenses uh, routinely. They, they took a step back in 2021, but they've traditionally been pretty solid. So, yes, that's a good Ohio State defense, but they didn't really do too much to handle uh, Carolina. They did some stuff, but and Caden Johnson certainly played a heck of a ball game. But here's the thing. Carolina also shot themselves in the foot many, many times in that game. So as I'm looking forward to Carolina Brown, like the, the, the one thing in my mind, I'm not even, like the, the one thing in my mind is Carolina, can you show me that you can bounce back from such a loss like the one you suffered on Saturday. And look, I know Coach Bresci can have his guys ready to play after a loss like that. We've seen Carolina do this before. I know they can do it, but can this team do it? Can this team do it? You have young guys all over the place. Your midfield, look, there's a lot of room to, for growth. I'll say that, a lot of room for growth. A lot of room for growth at that midfield. Inexperienced, inexperienced. That we use this use the loss on Saturday as a learning moment to bounce back and beat Brown on two on Wednesday, and then beat Hawkins on Saturday. If if Carolina really is going to be a top ten team, that's what we're going to have to see from them. We're going to have to see them bounce back. Because, and I'll pull up the schedule right here. Because after this one, after this one, you got, I mean, they got Brown, Hopkins, Denver, and Virginia. I think they should beat Denver. I really do. But Virginia's not going to be easy. You got two win games, High Point and Bellarmine. Expect them to win both of those to end the month of March. But you know, Brown, Hopkins, Denver, Virginia, that's your next four. That's, that's your next month until you get to two you know, 
games that should be easy, high point bellum. Like, you have to fight, man. Richmond, it's a good team. Beaten 13-9. Colgate, that's a team that I think is going to be, you know, has the potential to be sneaky in the Patriot League. You beat them 15-9. But you go play Ohio State, and it's 20-8. to That's, you have to show me how you bounce back from that. And look, you look at the face-off dot, Matt Gunty. Look, this is the same thing that happened on Saturday. Justin Anasio, that face-off unit. Blount has a solid face-off unit. Not just Matt Gunty, both those guys on the wings. They're going to have to find a way to answer that. I know we've talked about Zach Tucci, Chase Mullins, Andrew Tyler. I mean, that's a three-pronged attack at the face-off dot. And look, those guys can do it. Like, they can be good face-off guys. We saw Tucci and Tyler both have solid views in 2021. Now, you could say it diminished late in the season, but they had strong Februarys, strong March, a strong March. April and May might be a different story. But they showed, and I think they both, I think they both ended as top 20 guys. So this isn't like they're bad. I'm, I'm not saying that. They're not bad. But, you know, facing off, face-off and goalie are two positions where you have to get into a rhythm. Face-off, not as much as goalie, but still, there's a rhythm to it. And you get out of your rhythm, you have a bad game, that can sometimes knock you off and maybe trickle into a couple bad games. And you see this with guys who get in shooting slumps as well. And I mentioned Brown, they have a good face-off unit. They also have a pretty good offense. Darian Cook, they're running things. This is not going to be an easy game. I already mentioned Brown plays fast. We'll see how Carolina does it. So that's that's my little spiel on that game. Uh, update here, 13-11, to 11, Lafayette. Gets the win over Drexel. Congratulations to Pat Myers and the Lafayette Dragons. What a game. Uh, what a win. They hold off the Drexel comeback. And look, this is a Lafayette team that, man, they, they have, like, I don't know if any of y'all have watched much of Lafayette, but. This is a team that went about a thousand days without a win from like February of 2019 until they beat uh, VMI two weeks ago. They went uh, that that's a long freaking time without a win, and they they came close. They couldn't get over the hump. They got over it two weeks ago. Their game against was it uh, Binghamton? I believe it was was canceled, postponed. On Saturday, because of the snow, they come you know, have a, a, a game against a really good Drexel team. I mean, look, this is a Drexel team that almost beat uh, Notre Dame in the NCAA tournament. A Drexel team that uh, went, I mean, they, they went, what was it, a 9 10 game winning streak last year. Uh, they returned everybody practically, uh, besides Reed Bowling and a couple of those offensive guys from last season. This is not. And this is a Drexel team that people coming into the season thought would be 
a top 20 team, including myself. And they are now 0-2. I did not see that coming. Uh, but again, congratulations to Lafayette as they get the win here. Let's pull up the uh, the stat sheet here. Uh, Peter Lehman, last time I checked, had like, okay, Peter Lehman, three goals, one assist. Coleman, uh, Clam with a hat trick as well. I know I mispronounced this. Mispronounce that first name. Apologize there. Goalies. Gabe Cummins gets the start for Lafayette. Nine saves. Russ Blumthor. He got pulled uh, in this one. He had four saves. Drew McGill finished it, things out for Drexel there. Aiden Kelly, 72% at the faceoff dot. Yeah, Drexel. I didn't watch that UMBC game, but looking at the, looking at the stats of it, um, it, it looks like the faceoff dot is, is going to be an issue for them this year. Um, you know, it, it just was not was not very good. Grant Iska, uh, really good high school kid down in Texas uh, as a freshman, though. Uh, he played the majority of the time on Saturday, thirty eight percent. That's simply not good enough. Uh, UMBC, Zach Dudley, 62%. Alex Poma, uh, who was their main guy last year, goes one draw and wins it, so 100%, but off one. Uh, yeah, man, Drexel is 0-2, and, and that's something I didn't see. Albany uh, is who they got next. That, like, look, that's got to be a win. That's got to be a win there. Albany coming off a loss of Cornell. That's going to be a pretty good one, I think, between those two teams. Two teams that are maybe uh, looking for some – they have some new faces offensively at the top um, and, and are looking to kind of regroup and push forward after uh, – continue to push forward, I would say, especially for, for Albany after solid seasons, uh, solid season last year for the Danes where they lose in the America East title game. But – Again, congrats to Lafayette on the 13-10 win. That is it for today's episode. A bit of a shorter one. Uh, didn't dive as much as I usually do into some of these games, but uh, wasn't too, too much to talk about uh, today. We'll be back on Thursday uh, as we recap that Carolina Brown game and as we look ahead towards what is uh, or should be an exciting weekend ahead of college lacrosse as always you can connect with us on social media at lacrosse bucket on twitter instagram and facebook lacrossebucket.com is the website you can listen to the lacrosse bucket podcast on apple spotify and multiple other podcast platforms have a great rest of the week and enjoy the lacrosse see y'all on thursday